Welcome to the 30-Year-Old Virgin Podcast, where we discuss all things sex, love, and relationships. I'm your host and your favorite late bloomer, Allison Cadena. And on today's episode, um, you know, we try to cover a wide range of topics um, kind of for everybody. But this is very specifically for my late bloomer brethren, um, because we're going to talk about the very heavy loaded subject of virginity and first sexual experiences. So to do this, I'm bringing back one of our guests. Um, if you haven't seen him before, you're not a real one. You're not a day one. Um, but we have with us the always funny comedian and fellow late bloomer Sachin. Hi. What's- nice to be here again, spilling all our <laughs> shit out to the public. <laughs> Telling all our business. Yes. No big deal. Yeah, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm an I- open book. I'm very open about certain things. If it's funny, I'll talk about it. If it's not, then why? <laughs> you know, it's just if it's funny and interesting, then that's for everyone to consume. <laughs> love it, love it, and like I, I really love that we found out that you were a late bloomer in uh-huh. the guys talk episode, yeah. which I did not know going into it. Um, and this is a topic that like I always wanted to cover, and it's really hard to find people who are, who are so open, which right. I think is one of the reasons why I really started the podcast, uh-huh. is so that you know, like. Let's just talk about it. I think these conversations are obviously happening for yeah, people. And they yeah. they're just like, oh, like hush, hush, whisper, you know? I know. I just, I didn't really, like, this is something that's surprising to me. Like, our image, like, living in India, our image of America is just, like, American pie. Like, we just think everyone's just fucking once they start. <laughs> like, once they're 18, they go to college to fuck. And that's what the, I was told even, like, you go to college to have sex. That's why you go to, that's why people have debt. It's just... <laughs> The debt of getting laid, which is why... You're playing for sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I know, sex, drugs, and (laughs) rock and roll. Like, most people can't do rock and roll, so they'll settle for sex and drugs. (laughs) Because you don't need talent for both, right? (laughs) For rock and roll, you need to put in effort. But for everything else, you just like... Yeah, I just... I wanted to hook up with someone. I couldn't go for the one that I wanted. (laughs) But I went for the one that was available. That's my perception of... Uh, American school so when I came here for like grad school I was like alright let's get to the fucking <laughs> that didn't happen because I was like around like all adults who were like really serious about the craft of I, I went to an MFA program which is, it's a brilliant program but they were all adults and they made me feel like I was a dumb idiot who just got in through the diversity quota yeah. uh, and it was strange to be around all of these grown adults who were just like that's not what school is about. Is it first of all? I went to Queens College, so it was like a, a school where people traveled to. They didn't really live on campus, mm-hmm. and like there were adults, people were married and had kids and all of that, and they were all cool in their own ways. But like the sex wasn't happening. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, this like, is this is different. not what I signed up for. Yes, I didn't pay for this college experience. <laughs> I paid for like a different. Where is the naked run that happens at the end of every school year? That didn't happen. I was like, so weird. They're giving me books. Yeah, like, they're like, read more books and like, we're, we'll come back to workshop. I'm like, damn. This blows. Um, but I do want to take a second. Um, I'm sure you guys can probably predict this. If you don't know Sachin from our other episode, I'm going to give like a little intro about him. But um, obviously he's hilarious because he is a comedian. He is a writer and a fool who believes in making jokes rather than doing something constructive. He wrote this bio. I'm not calling him a fool. He's calling him a fool. Um, And he also believes that unicorns are real, but they're very, very fast so no one can see them. Um, That's such a a silly joke, right? I know, but I love it. 
<laughs> I love it. And I think it, I, I included it specifically because I was like, they need to know what they're getting into because we have a serious <laughs> subject, but we're going to have fun with it because you have two clowns here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what's the point of t- I mean, like, we took it very seriously, which is why we were late broomers. <laughs> if we didn't take it seriously, we'd like be having sex when we were 13. Right. We took nothing else in life seriously. I, I know, right? Just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, think about where we are right now. We're, we're on a podcast. Listen, like I said, we're going to talk about virginity and first experiences. Me and Sachin are very open. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you guys can learn something from this, awesome. But I did ask our community beforehand to submit any questions um, or comments about their experiences, virgins and non-virgins alike. Um, and so we're going to share those a little bit along the way. Um, but I want to just start off. We got into it in the guys talk episode a little bit mm-hmm. just to, you know, get everybody kind of familiar with us and like where we're coming uh-huh. from. Um, would you mind sharing just starting off with like what your experience was like losing your virginity or, you know, um, I know you said on the guys talk episode that you were 25. Can you mm-hmm. give us a little bit of the context of like what okay. happened? Um, so I remember, like, I think you saw my set the other day as well. And mm-hmm. There was a part of it in there as well. Um, I was 25 and I was like, I don't think I'd taken anything seriously by that time. I was, I mean, I was working in TV and film mm-hmm. and I was writing for shows and um, they were all soap operas. And I was like, this is like the idea of family and everything. That's what I was like grappling with at that time, intellectually at mm-hmm. least. But like on a day-to-day basis, I wasn't really a fan of the clubs, uh, the club scene or going out and having a good time. Like in India, sometimes it, it sometimes can be insular if you're growing up like middle class in India. It's like the boys hang out with the boys, the girls hang out with the girls and there's no intersection apart from when it's like festivals and you're not, during festivals, you're not like really trying to do the na- the mm-hmm. business, you know? So I, when I was 25 and I was like, I was at that point where you're always looking for someone, but like, you know how you inflate that concept of uh, sex to be about so many different, it is about different things, but like the first few experiences are just basically about get, like, it's like riding a bicycle, like you're learning how to ride mm-hmm. or someone is learning how to ride you, but um, <laughs> you're, you're learning there and like you, that's the stage. So when I was 25, I, the circumstances around me losing my virginity were like kind of a little bit sad because like I had a friend who like passed away in a freak accident. Like we were having a conversation Wednesday afternoon, Thursday night, he uh, passed away. Thursday morning, I get a call. Hey, this this has happened. There's been an accident. Can you just go and check? By a school friend who's like, for 10 years, we hadn't spoken. And suddenly he gives me a call and he goes, hey man, something's happened. Can you go check? And I was like, I was a little pissed because this guy, we hadn't spoken in a, in a long time. So I was like, you're asking me to run an errand for you right now? I mean, like, just go. He was like, he was also didn't want to tell me like explicitly. So because... He didn't know how I would react because he didn't know my equation with him. Mm-hmm. So he just tells me, hey, can you please go and check uh, at their place? There's something's uh, like they're just looking. I mean, like the parents might be in a situation. Can you just go and help them out or whatever? I go there and I come to know about his passing and I am, I'm shell-shocked for that day. Uh, so the entire day Thursday, I was like, I just didn't know what I was going through. And then Friday when I woke up and I was like, so life can go away in an instant and there are certain things that you need to like do like you have to go and venture out and get those things for yourself and 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, the whole concept of chasing and everything, chasing sex or chasing anything in general, it's just that they just go let it come to you. But at that time, I was just like, this is the need of the hour. I'm not going to wait for this to happen because what what happens if I'm taking a, I'm on a car on Friday afternoon and this happens again mm-hmm. to me and I'm gone. So I'm like, I need to take care of this now. So I've I've been on a few dates with someone, and I was like. Can can I ask them if like we can do something like this or whatever? Go out on a date and you know how you do. Uh, but like it was different because I was living with my parents and you can't really uh, tell your parents like, hey, can you go out for like three hours and I want to have sex? Uh, <laughs> can you just do that for me? So I had to like you have to basically, especially in India, uh, if you're growing growing up middle class, you need to find someone who has like a house, mm-hmm. uh, an apartment where the parents might be gone. Uh, or they have like another apartment uh, in some other suburb. Right. So you have to go there and you have to figure out a timing. You have to figure out um, a way to make sure that no one's watching and whatnot. Because that also happens. Like um, there were there are certain cases because even like sex work in India, uh, that's a whole other conversation. But like sex work in India is like, it's taboo and people don't want to give apartments on rent to sex workers even so if they come to know that any sort of like these activities are happening where just the kids are going in just to hook up and whatnot, uh, the the apartment building gets together and they're like, we can't let this happen and whatnot. Right. So my friend had an apartment in another suburb and he was like, uh, I can let you go there, uh, but you have to be careful. So when I, when I finally, I don't want to say convinced because that gives the idea that I try to coerce or whatever Mm -hmm. it was just like she was also into it but she was also like like just the concept of saying that you know hey would you travel two hours with me so that we can have sex in in a stranger's apartment Mm -hmm. Um, it's like a little sketch I know right (laughs) to say that to a a, a woman uh, and you go you know you go I don't want to say something like that but like well she was brave and she was like yeah of course we can go wherever and um, we went there and like we had to sneak into the apartment mm-hmm. uh, for which we had the keys because I was the guy's friend and that bil- the people in the building didn't really know that I was going to go there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I had to sneak into that apartment. So that was the whole situation surrounding it. Just me going to that apartment, uh, trying to find an afternoon where we can both be free and then telling them that it's going to be like two hours away. So if you want to come with me, I mean, whatever the case is, because sometimes what happens is people just uh, give up midway. It's like, I don't want it that bad. Yeah. Right. If you have access to something here, then we can go. But otherwise, I'm not really coming all the way there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know you. I mean, like I've known you, I've seen you for like three dates, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm going to travel with you to another place altogether. Right. So that was the situation at that time. So, um, I, there was grief also. There was the stress of like life in general. So the sex aspect of it just felt like another experience that I was like checking off my bucket list, so mm-hmm. to speak, at that time. Um, and at 25, you really really don't know, like you really don't want to be uh, thinking about all of these things when you're trying to do a thing that most people do normally. Mm-hmm. So that was like, a little bittersweet for me just to get over that whole virginity. There were no bells and whistles. I didn't 
like set up a candle and music and whatnot <laughs> because just like let's fucking go. So yeah. it was it was that. Right. Um. So that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And I can definitely relate, which is why mm-hmm. I was like really excited to get you on this. That I, I can't speak for everyone that like mm-hmm. loses their virginity as a late bloomer, but I think there was like years and years of like expectations of like what's the right way to do it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was very similar that it was right. like very much reactionary. Right. So um, I I should have put this at the beginning like a little bit of a trigger warning for like medical trauma. Um, but like you know, as this podcast mm-hmm. is called, a thirty year old virgin. Um, so I was like 30 years, had never had sex, had never even seen a peepee. Like mm-hmm. people would be surprised, you know, in America, I don't know if it's like this in India, but you right. say virgin, but like they don't had dicks like everywhere except in <laughs> their vagina, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I was oh, like, the loophole. Yes. yeah, I like totally had never had any kind of like intimate anything. Right. Um, hadn't even dated cause I grew up heavy and just very insecure. Uh-huh. Um, and so at 30 years old, uh, I had a uh, gastric surgery and so I lost a lot of weight. And mm-hmm. um, part of the reasoning was like, I felt like there was like a life that I wasn't leading because I had all these like ideas about my weight. So mm-hmm. I lost uh, 70 pounds and um, it wasn't necessarily that I was like confident or anything, but I was like, okay, now like go pursue the things that you've been putting off because of these right. insecurities. So right. I was like, I never dated because I was insecure. Cause I was like, people don't like fat people. And so I started dating and I was like, um, you know, if I'm going to start dating, like sex is going to come up. Right. I knew that I didn't really have to be in love. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted it to kind of happen naturally, but I was like, you know, I don't know what that means yet. So let me go um, get, you know, go to the gyno, get birth control just in case. Cause like, ain't nobody trying to have babies. I just lost all this weight. You kidding me? <laughs> right. Um, and so I went to the gynecologist and I had avoided the gynecologist for like a very long time right. because I had a bad experience when I was younger mm-hmm. that I didn't really know how to, like, I didn't really know how to process because I didn't understand why it was a bad experience. Right. If I may ask, was it a male gynecologist or a, a female? female, surprisingly. Okay. Um, a young female too, which is why like, I feel like this is heinous and we should call Mershka Hargitay on her. But I, um, I found out when I went at 30 years old yeah. um, that I, that the reason that like it was such a horrible experience the first time is because that doctor actually broke my hymen without telling me that she was going to do that. Oh, wow. Really? Um, yeah. Apparently like there's, you know, a pap smear is like normal that they mm-hmm. like do it in like every annual checkup. Yeah. And, um, but if you're a virgin, you're not supposed to get it because they'll literally break it. Um, okay. And she just like kind of made that decision on her own, knowing that I was a virgin, didn't right. warn me anything. And so uh-huh. it was like, obviously really like painful and uncomfortable. Right. Um, and so she told me, like, she didn't realize that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of like, like fell out like unintentionally and right. like, it just like threw me. Like I was like having a panic attack on the bus on the way home. And, um, I feel like that kind of similar to like what happened with your friend. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of complicated, like an yeah. already complicated relationship yeah, right. with sex and virginity. Right. Feeling like, okay, but I'm like not a virgin anymore, but I am. Yeah. Like, right. I felt like she like robbed me of like part of that experience. Experience, yeah. You know? I know. Um, and so then I started dating because I was like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I'm not like, a virgin anymore. I was like, I don't really, yeah, I was like, I don't really know how to process this, but I just, uh-huh. I started dating. Um, and that was the first time that you had started dating before that you had never dated? I had gone on like first dates, like like uh-huh. a handful of first dates, right. but like it never really went anywhere just because like in my mind, I was like, nobody likes me. Like you can't really date under that 
you know, thinking. Yeah. It just wasn't really like very self-sabotaging. Like, I had like really specific notions about who I'm going to be dating. Mm. So I had like, this should happen, that should happen, this should happen. And then that checklist, you know, you'll never meet and have someone who meets that checklist. Right. Like I used to have this, I was like, I need someone who reads a lot of books and is interested in world culture or whatever. And I think that was just like, you know, uh, I can't have sex with someone who I don't like. Mm-hmm. Like if the conversations before are not fun, then it doesn't make sense for me to like get to that point even. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, it was like, I have this checklist where these things have to be met. And if this is not met, then I'm not going to try to uh, pursue them and whatnot. Right. And uh, I think I might have robbed myself of uh, experiences with different people. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, everyone's like interesting in their own way. And you need to be able to be open enough to uh, explore the, the, that. Explore that idea of just like being with someone for a little bit. Right. Just to see what it is. So, I mean, like, I maybe it was my insecurities also that I was projecting that maybe I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, as I wasn't working. I wasn't making, I mean, like, even when I started working, it wasn't like I was making millions. Mm-hmm. I was, like, working in TV, but that doesn't make millions in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm yet to see my millions, but... Um, <laughs> But still, it was just like, I have had those inhibitions. Did you have, like, particular ideas of who you wanted to date and who you... To be honest, I didn't because so much of my life I thought I kind of had to take whatever was coming to me. Uh-huh. And then even after, I think what they don't tell you about when you lose weight and especially losing weight quickly because of like the surgery mm-hmm. is that I still very much saw myself as like overweight and like those thoughts were still there. Right. But now I was getting a lot more interest from people. Yeah. Um, and I think I was more open to like I there were people before that were interested in me and I mm-hmm. kind of like disregarded it because right. in my mind, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm fat. Like, oh, um, yeah. so I actually just started dating like anything and everyone like and yeah, um, free for all. Yeah. Like like any literally anyone <laughs> that on, gave me the time on. of day. Come, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did end up meeting one person that like I really did like and uh-huh. seemed to like check a bunch of boxes that I didn't really go into it with, but right. I was like, oh, this like makes a lot of sense. And so I was like kind of bracing myself for like, okay, it's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. Um, And then this piece of shit started to like ghost fade out after like, we'd been like dating kind of like, re- we weren't anything serious, but it was like, there was a, a, a bit of regularity and I was mm-hmm. like kind of already thinking like we'd had serious conversations. So I was like, oh, okay. Like I thought we were going somewhere, mm-hmm. but um, he just kind of like tried to like ghost and I like, he like tried to ghost kind of reemerge cause we run in similar circles. Right. So he wanted to like be okay. Uh-huh. Um, And I was just like, nah, like that's not going to fl- fly for me. Cut him off. And then literally had been in this, like I was literally like dating like three, four people at a time always. Nice. And so, um, I mean, because like I told you, it was like I'm appreciative ugly of people, who can, like, yeah. people that I would not get along. It was like anyone, like uh-huh. literally anyone that would ask me out would get a date. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah. So, um, but so because of that, because mm-hmm. I was like butthurt, I had never had heart, like a heartbreak like that before. All right. Um, I ended up just having sex with like some random guy that I, on my second date, like a few drinks in. And so I was like, like, fuck it. Just let, let me yeah, just rip the bandage. Just like, like, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I think it was just like, I was in a bad place to even make that decision. Uh-huh. Like similar to right. what you said of like, there was so many other things going on that know, it right? became less about the virginity yeah. and more just like, I'm dealing with a lot of other shit. Let's just get it over with. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I, I think that's the, that's the thing that we don't like. 
take into consideration. Like we go for a long time saying that I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. This is how it's going to be. And I'll find one and I'll be done with whatever this is. I just don't want to keep seeing people and whatnot. Yeah. and like I keep having the same conversation because like that's what the first two days are. Oh, where are you from? What oh are you interested? What is your what is your favorite book? What is your favorite song? What is your favorite color? And I'm like, I had that question like when I came here and I started dating here in the US for a year or something. I was like regularly hooking up with someone, and then once I actually started dating here, and after the first six or seven people. I started chatting with, they would ask me that question. They would be like, hey, wh- what do you like doing? What do you, What is this? What is that? When you get to those, that questionnaire that you have to fill, <laughs> it just gets so annoying yeah. that you, you're just like, let's just get this over with. What do you want? What do you have? What are your expectations? Yeah. Do you want to do like, you want to have fun or do you want to just like get into some serious or whatnot? And you just like, Let's get done with these formalities. I I assume that's where you were at as well. You that's like, literally what was going through my head. Because I was going out with this guy. I had been talking to him for a while. And it was right. like, there's nothing wrong with him. Uh-huh. I just wasn't really that into him. Right. And just kept like dating people that I wasn't really into. Right. And so I was literally sitting on this date, having the same conversations and not feeling that chemistry like I had with the other guy. And uh-huh. I was like, I yo, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to like... I, I was like, I don't want to put myself out there, first of all. I was like, very like, I'm over this shit. Yeah. Like, like, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to be talking to all these freaking random people and having these, you know, mm-hmm. preliminary bullshit questions. Uh-huh. I was like, I actually called, I went to the, I ran to the bathroom and called the other guy. And he was just like, oh, I'm kind of busy right now. And I'm just like. Well, you know what? Then it's going to be this one. Because my, my <laughs> thinking going to the bathroom was like, I'm going to ditch this date. And just have sex with him. And I'll oh, deal yeah. with the consequences later. Oh, really? But like, but he was like busy. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Then you know what? You just been promoted. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just like walk out and like, you know what? As soon as I walk out of the door, the first guy I find attractive is going home with me. It was more or less of like, yeah. you know what? You're on the date now. So <laughs> it's your turn. Um, yeah. And it was awful. But um but yeah, so um, that's our, I was like, I just feel like, let's tell some stories. To the, um, we And we got some stories from the audience as well. So I'll read those as well. Just, oh, yeah. I, I think it's important to share with people that like, whatever you're waiting for and thinking it's going to be in planning, like no, life not, is going to life. <laughs> yeah, let me just tell you that. It's not going to be that. And if it is like, great, but you're not the rule, you're the exception. Yes. I just like, I, I have to make it clear. It's like, it's not the rule. Like, I was speaking to someone and, and this is going to be very dark, but mm-hmm. I was speaking to someone about like having kids and whatnot. And I was like, um, get, getting a life into this world is the most cruel thing you can do. And they were like, what the hell are you saying? How can you say that? And I was like, it's so cruel to subject someone to life. And uh, they were like, no, life is beautiful. Life is great. I'm like, listen, 90% of the people struggle to make ends meet in this world. Mm-hmm. They're not happy. There's only fleeting moments of happiness <laughs> followed by like a fucking dumpster truck full of shit <laughs> and sadness and pain. So if you're saying that life is beautiful, nine out of 10 people disagree with you. <laughs> that one person who agrees with you if there's only one person who agrees with something, that's not the rule. That's the exception. Yeah. So if you're saying that life is beautiful for who? One person? Yeah. Life can be beautiful. Can be in but... moments. But like <laughs> losing your virginity, it's a great, I mean, like that's the thing. That's that one fleeting moment of happiness, actually. Like mm-hmm. if you look at just having sex for the first time, that's just, 
that's that moment of happiness. Yeah. And I feel like that's why like even when people speak about having sex, even if it's couples who have been seeing each other on the regular, they just go, I got laid last night. I got, I feel lucky. <laughs> you know, that's what you say. I got lucky last night, right? Mm-hmm. That's what people say, even though they have sex <laughs> all the time, but they go, yeah, we would, it was just one of those moods. But sex is one of those things that makes you happy. That's that fleeting moment of happiness. Right. Get laid now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Such a dishonor crusade. Like everybody just do it. But I will say that I feel like even when I was a virgin, people would talk about like when you, I feel like when I'd mentioned to people that I was a virgin and they'd Mm -hmm. like lost their virginity earlier, I feel like most people have the same reaction where you see their eyes kind of like roll, like you see them kind of detaching from the moment and they're Mm -hmm. just like, hold on to it forever. (laughs) Like you see them going through their trauma as they speak. So I was like, I like to, I like to believe that we're not the only ones like. No one, or very few people have like a perfect experience. I don't, I don't know. And no one's ever said that. Like no one's ever said, oh, my first time, amazing. Yeah. Like we were in love and it was great and it was magical. Like who? No one. Only on TV. Yeah. And like even on TV, they don't show the people like actually losing their virginity. Yeah. They just fade to black. So. Yeah, that's so it, in the in the in the fade to black it's actually horrible. After yeah, they're just like in ten seconds they fade to white again, and then they're just like, oh, that was sex, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit on the other episode about how like when you don't know what to do and you're literally like studying. Where do I go? You just go. Where do I go? And it's like you're supposed to find it, and like these are there are all these positions that you want to try first, and you're gonna be like, oh, it this is how it should be. That's how and like. For dudes especially, mm-hmm. I, I feel for the guys because women can like this, like, I don't know how uh, female sexuality works. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for men, you can, everything can happen instantly. <laughs> like there can be times when you're just there, just excited to be there. Yeah. And like, it happens. <laughs> like, boom, we're Yeah, <laughs> it's done. And just like, and it's embarrassing because like you go, the guys go, like sometimes women will go, you can't even um, think about this. You can't control yourself and whatnot. And in the beginning, you can't. No, you don't know how to do that. Right. Like in the beginning, you're just like, I'm trying to figure out how long can I last? That's, that's the thing. I think this is what most men do. It's like trying to maintain an erection while trying to go for go the distance. Mm-hmm. While making sure that she's okay, while make I mean like the considerate people at least, <laughs> while making sure that she also has a good time and she comes to, and in many in some cases if you're like in the initial stages when you're young because virginity is uh happen young or even in middle age like twenty four twenty five and whatnot, at that time also you don't really know how to communicate once you're naked. Mm-hmm. Or in general, a lot of people don't know how to communicate in their big age. <laughs> yeah, we don't get go there. But like in general, once you're naked, you're like, all right, let's just get this over with. And you feel like, oh, it's just like riding a bike. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's just like, I mean, you're a human and you know how to do this. But like, it takes time to learn. Yeah. And you have to practice on like multiple people. And like, you can't be a sexual expert in the beginning. Yeah. And I feel for you guys, because I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe just in my experience, I literally tell the guys like, "Listen, I don't know what I'm doing, so you got to be the captain of this right. ship. Like, you need me to flip, I'll flip. You need me, you tell me what to do." But I would think there's a certain level of like, you know, expectation that the man is kind of the lead, and if you don't know how to do anything, yeah, if you like, don't know how to like 
sometimes you need like in the beginning at least you need guidance yeah. like i don't need any guidance i'm kidding i'm like, my man <laughs> you like i know how to do everything i knew everything but it's like how to control like the whole thing like how to like because your body tenses up mm-hmm. and they're like how do i relax all other parts of my body while making sure the tension is only there mm-hmm. and then how to like sometimes the rhythm is off so do you have to control that so it's like how do you sail when you've never been on a boat <laughs> right. right for men especially how do you do it like uh, you can't learn that and for women at least like multiple orgasms wise it's good but for men you, the first time is not going to be like the first round at least is not going to be too long yeah in the beginning i mean like afterwards you learn how to control yourself but sometimes you don't mm-hmm. and like in your case like you said he lost your virginity after a couple of drinks if the guy's also had a couple of drinks he's like all right i i'm relaxed now completely that shit I was like control. instant i was like no no offense to him that shit was like instant i was like that's it that's oh, what yeah. that's it I, i literally left that experience like you know if i never have sex again i'm kind of okay with that i don't think this is for me like <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like oh. thank god the second person was like better but then oh, yeah. it was like awkward because i i feel like the second time was like losing my virginity again because again right. i did not know anything the uh-huh. first guy was like One, two, three. He was done. He was oh, ready really? to roll. He was like, Pfft. so then with the second guy, first of all, like TMI, but the first guy didn't use a condom. So the the second guy. Wait, wait, really? Yeah. You were okay with it? I was a couple of drinks in. I'm like, and I don't know, like, you know, I was like, I don't know how this is supposed to go. So I'm just kind of like following along. Contraception. You don't yeah. Know. No, I sound so stupid, but like, I don't, you know, I don't, it's like if you're going to sit down and cook and you've never cooked before and like i know it conceptually mm. but i don't know like oh i should prep the vegetables this way or something whatever you know yeah prep the so, vegetables like right. yeah, yeah. yeah but um no so with the second guy he he pulled out a condom and i'm like looking like what the fuck is this alien thing like i've never seen one you know what i mean <laughs> like i really i came into it knowing jack shit so i'm oh, just yeah. like what the fuck is that alien thing is but oh is that what a condom is oh, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I went to Catholic school, okay? Oh, wow, <laughs> like really? I don't know oh, anything. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, they they do a good job of making sure that there's babies in the world. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> just <laughs> teach them nothing at yeah. all. Oh <laughs> my god. I mean like they wait, you went to Catholic school here in the US, right? Yes. You didn't have that kind of like it wasn't like We learned about like STDs, but we never like saw a kind. I know in some like public school and stuff they'll like show you a kind and mm-hmm. show you like the proper application. They don't they just teach you STDs and they're like don't touch anybody. But you hadn't so. seen any pornography by that time? No. When I tell you such in I did not know a fucking thing. First of all, my friends had like tried to show me porn because they're like you should understand something and yeah. I was like this shit looks terrifying. Like this shit looks hard. like I, whatever they picked I was like yeah. senior level like experience like it was just too much. Oh, really? like, yeah, that was that must have been hardcore. But it's also yeah. like I I think porn stars also in many cases professional the professionals don't because they are tested so much and everything mm-hmm. uh in many of the scenes they don't really use condoms this is ex- too much information mm-hmm. i like study that aspect but um like they said that it's actually unhealthy for many porn stars to use a lot of condoms mm-hmm. so um they avoid, i mean i don't know i'm not a scientist or whatever but um that's what i had read a few mm-hmm years ago that they don't use too many condoms and everything because they're already they're already regularly tested if you're not tested then you can't be you on can't set you work, can't work yeah. so they are regularly tested and uh it could lead to uh certain problems because of using too many condoms because then you know uh 
the whole issue with uh, what bacteria are present and whatnot mm-hmm. that uh, causes problems, which is why many of the scenes that you see they don't use really use condoms. So everyone thinks that's the norm. Yeah. But that's the norm for people who are having sex with multiple people on a set after they're being tested mm-hmm. and everything. So it doesn't matter. And many of them are on birth control and whatnot. So. Yeah. So. Get tested and use condoms. That's the one yeah. good thing. It did put the fear of God in me that I'd be getting tested. Like, oh, it's yeah. nobody's business. Because I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to catch. Imagine waiting all this time and then you, you catch something. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm not trying to shame anybody. But I was no. like, nah, you're not going to catch me slipping. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, but I do want to get to some of the questions that people yeah. submitted. Um, so... For the, we had like non-virgins and virgins asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the virgins wanted to know... Um, do you ever regret losing your virginity? I think that's a fear that people have that they're going to like regret the way that it happened or if they mm-hmm. did it or whatever. Um, so how do you feel about that? I don't at all. No, I, I never felt like I did something wrong. And like, I think that's the thing that comes with religious guilt, I suppose, mm-hmm. where you're like, when you do something like that, it's always forbidden. It's always something that you, that's told, like you're told not to pursue that. The role not to do that unless it's for procreation, mm-hmm. especially in Catholicism and Christianity and, and many of the conservative, more conservative religions. So for you to just enjoy that as a physical act, it takes time to get over it. But by that time, by the time I was 25, I was like educated in these things. Mm-hmm. Like I had gone out of my way to uh, read about these things, read about what guilt is, read about what my relationship can be with another person sexually and whatnot. So I had done all of those explorations already, mm-hmm. intellectually. Everything was done. Like, I was ready to go. But I just kept delaying because, you know, uh, I was also, like, as much as I was in- influenced by um, sex experts, I was also influenced by Disney. So I go, <laughs> all right, I need Princess Jasmine. <laughs> and none of none of the others would do. Yeah. So I didn't have any guilt at that time. Did you have any guilt at that time? Um... I kind of regret that I, I'm a very rational person mm-hmm. or try to be. And I felt like the, for something that I had saved for so long, I lost it in a kind of an irrational way. Mm-hmm. But I do also think that like, I'm glad that I was already at an age where I could kind of make sense of things. Right. Cause like stuff happens to you in your life and like, sometimes you don't know how to process it. But I mm-hmm. think I, because I was already 31, I had already gone through a lot of stuff. I was yeah. like really committed to like, like committed and like educated in like healing and mm-hmm. and growing and like just personal development. I kind of feel like it happened the way it had to happen because right. I think what I found out is that like one, I'm very sex positive. Like mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with like one night stands or like, I don't find anything wrong with in any of that. I don't have yeah. to be in love with anyone. And I mm-hmm. kind of knew that. Mm-hmm. I felt like the idea of losing your virginity just got like so conflated with like everybody else's opinions and because yeah. I didn't know enough about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fact that it happened like not the way I pictured it with someone that wasn't meaningful for me, it mm-hmm. kind of like cleared that up for me that like I didn't like after it happened, I wasn't like devastated. Oh my God. I was just like, oh, all right, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, and I also think it was better that I didn't do it with someone that I like really cared about. Yeah. Because I think that would have confused my relationship with sex. I know. And now I say that with like, okay, I have not been in love yet or, you know, like I haven't actually had sex with someone that I have a very serious relationship with. So I'm sure there's going to be like a whole 
mm-hmm. different dimension when that happens. But for now, like it, it just made it very clear to me, like this was never that big a deal. Like the actual sex was never a, that big of a deal for me. And right. so now I feel like I can, I can keep it like apart and like work on that yeah. understanding of myself. Mm-hmm. Without all the extra baggage of like a relationship or right. love or stuff, which is still something that I don't know about and right. I'm learning about separately. I know, right? Yeah. And I, I also feel like if it had happened the way you had planned for it to happen, maybe it would have reinforced some of the negative ideas that you had about mm-hmm. sex. And yeah. it would have been like, yeah, this is how the way it is. This is how it's supposed to go. Because I mean, like, it's always conflated with so many other things. It is complex mm-hmm. in in so many different ways. But to add it. Like to add the morality and virtue angle to mm-hmm. it is so much of a stretch that it just like, I again, the whole incel culture or whatever that is. I mean, in, mm-hmm. it's not a culture, but it's people are forced into that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole idea that like, even now when you're looking at everything that's uh, associated with men and women and their dynamics. And I mean, like all other genders and the dynamics as well. Uh, there's so much hate between um, like hetero genders when you think about it when you look at all the information that comes to you from all of the bro podcasters who just like talking about men should behave like this women should behave like that it's not it's not the way it is at all like sex is such a major part of that conversation people go oh what's your body count someone with a body count is not nice not this not that what are you talking about like how do you get more, how do you get better at satisfying a partner if you don't go and uh, experience those things for mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you maintain better relationships? Like, um, I think Esther Perel, um, she's... Love she, her. Yeah, she um, had, she was speaking about female sexuality and she was saying that female sexuality is very narcissistic. So, um, narcissistic, and it's not in a negative sense, but uh, in the sense that like female sexuality, the female gaze and all of these things. We, many men are trained to believe that whatever we see in like the Marvel movies and whatever we see in the movies, that's what masculinity is. And that's what women are attracted to. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case at all. I've had like comments going from people saying that, hey, your eyebrows look nice. And I'm like, what the hell are you even talking about? (laughs) I don't even know that people are noticing these things. Mm -hmm. But it's all different things. Like women, like from uh, the traditional male gaze uh, perspective, you look at women in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But when you add things like sexuality and everything to it, it's a totally different thing. It's very complex and it's leading to a lot of problems right now. Mm -hmm. So if you take away the uh, weight around sex, it can loosen up all our interactions even we can like be civil and cordial to each other and like instead of fighting in the comment section <laughs> we could just have like actual interactions with people and lead to more fu- more fulfilling relationships no matter mm-hmm. what that relationship is it could be friendship it could be sexual partners it could be just hooking up it could be multiple partners all of these things all, all of these things are involved and just because there's some taboo associated with having sex mm-hmm. it's all this all it just kind of explodes into all of these other things and it's just fighting. I don't care about that fighting. I mm-hmm. care about having sex. Like, <laughs> that's more fun. Right. Right. Um, do you feel like your relationship with sex has changed over time? It has. 
like in the beginning, you're just like checking off boxes. You're like I haven't done this. I want to try this. I haven't done that. I want to try that. Um, different body types. Uh, you want to try people who you're attracted to, people you're not attracted to, people who you would go for, people you wouldn't go for. Whoever comes to, I mean, like whoever hits on you, whoever you hit on, all of these things. Uh, first, you just go through that list, laundry list of items that you want to be like. I want to do it with this person, that person. Try different styles, positions, whatever it is. Um, and then after a certain point, you take a step back and see why take a step back and see the why mm-hmm. in the beginning it's just how and what i want to do and then suddenly you take a step back and see like why do i need it and how much do i need it and am i using this as a distraction from other things mm-hmm. should i be focusing on other things that are more important like making a living mm-hmm. is that more important or just chasing pussy is more important so you kind of get into that space where you want to see uh um if you can find a balance because otherwise you just use it as a distraction you're like oh right. i pursued some that's the thing sex can sometimes just be a pursuit of a certain thing so if you're just looking to have sex that night you can't just like you can either hire sex workers or you can build something with someone for that evening or whatever and that takes time and investment which could be invested into other things mm-hmm. right so all of these complexities they suddenly come to the fore after you've had right. enough of it then you go all right now what am i looking for and what do i need mm-hmm. am i doing this just to uh, have someone around me and i don't know how to have a relationship with someone so i'm just using sex for that right so you see what your purpose with like what purpose sex serves in your life as well so that's i think more contemplation after you've had enough of it where you just go all right now i don't need it i want it i don't need it particularly um and uh, how you're going to inco- you know uh include that in your life that's what you see i mean i think that's how it's changed yeah. it's become more like i mean it can be carnal but it can, you also kind of want to see intellectually how it is mm-hmm. and i think that's what like not to be like a, a biologist or whatever but it's just i think that's what separates us from uh other animals like mm-hmm. we just go um we can look at sex in different ways it doesn't necessarily have to be for procreation right and i think we're at an advantage too being late bloomers mm-hmm. that like i feel like i've seen people have unhealthy relationships with sex right throughout my life yeah I think because we're doing it older, wiser, a little more aware of ourselves right. and, and, and how, like why we do things, like you said, mm-hmm. we can catch ourselves and kind of prevent that from happening. Because yeah. I know like for as much as I say that I'm like sex positive and it doesn't mean that much to me, mm-hmm. I did find at one point where like, but, like, you know, when, when people are like emotional and they're like, oh, I'm going to go have a drink and now they've drank too much. And it's like, yeah, okay. Right. I, I found sex was starting to become that where like I had like. Oh, I ran into an ex that like, you know, it triggered something. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden I start like blast, like it's literally like a freaking text message blast to like every man that has ever shown interest, <laughs> had sex with me yeah. to see like, who's going to take it. Yeah. And then like, okay, I had a couple of drinks that night and that's why thankfully mm-hmm. no one responded in a timely oh, fashion. Really? Yeah. I was like, but like, um, 
the next day I'm like, why did we do that? Like, yeah. you know, why are you allowing your emotions to to get mixed into like your relationship with sex? Like right. you weren't like you weren't trying to have sex. You were trying to find validation you, yeah. in that moment. You needed some kind of validation yeah. that like right. you were desirable or whatever uh-huh. or like, oh, I have other options. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, And so I, I like I think we're really lucky that we can have that and yeah. not not like make a hundred thousand mistakes for years and yeah. then be like, oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, there's like, we have an objectivity to it, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, because we've gotten to that point really late. uh, I think, I don't know if it happened to you, but like in many late bloomers cases, it probably happens where once you start having sex at that point, you try to get through the whole thing. Like, that's that just becomes an obsession for you Mm -hmm. for like whatever time period you want to take. And you, for women, I guess it's easier because like, um, the options are available for dudes it's like you just go on that hunt mm-hmm. like okay now I'm gonna go on this day I'm gonna go on that day I'm gonna be on this app that I was on all the apps mm-hmm. so you just find like send messages to everyone that you can think of hit on everyone that you can think of and whenever it happens you go clear your schedule I'm gonna go get <laughs> yeah, that's that's what and then you get through the whole thing in a short period and now then you go alright I think now I can like relax. Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove anything. I think that's the thing. Like when I first started having sex regularly, I was like, it was just like to prove a point to someone, like some imaginary, like anyone who's like ever been like, hey, you're a virgin, you've never had sex, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you just do it to prove a point to someone and then suddenly you can take a step back. Mm-hmm. So it gives us that objectivity that I don't think many people who've, who've been cooler than us <laughs> have... <laughs> had right like you guys yeah. are cooler but like we're wiser we're... Know, right? i'm wiser i'm gonna keep and like that's that's the <laughs> issue like whenever you say oh i'm wiser and they go yeah i'm gonna go have sex and you can be wise alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that, i don't have any but, comeback for that yeah. yeah no but i mean i think it definitely has its advantages mm-hmm. and i think for any late bloomers who are like overstressing it I we said it on the other episode like almost like don't put too much weight on it yeah it'll happen when it has to happen and because you're full grown I think you're more equipped to deal with yeah whatever the aftermath is I think you can like even while you're in the process like, when it's happening I think you will always be objective and you can you can put yourself first like be selfish in these spaces and like put yourself first and see that you're being taken care of first you don't want to have that as a scarring experience that like, because, because I mean, like it's beautiful to have sex is great. And just because you've had one bad experience in the, f- like, first of all, you held yourself back for so many years. Mm-hmm. And the first time you have sex, it's a bad experience. So you'll held, hold yourself back again. That's not a good thing. So I guess with the late bloomer situation, you can gain an objectivity that other people didn't have because they had sex at 16 and they didn't know what they were they were just flailing bodies so Mm -hmm. that's better yeah well that is all the time we have but i want to thank you such and so much because i mean like i said i think it's great to be able to have like a male late bloomer here so Mm -hmm. that we cover all the ground um because it's just not things that people are totally comfortable talking about and like obviously you know it's something people are struggling with Mm -hmm. by themselves or with you know a small limited group of friends Mm -hmm. or you know talking about with people who don't understand because they're not late bloomers and so they don't really understand all the nuances um so i really appreciate you sharing your story and you're always hilarious and insightful so um if you did not check out our other 
another episode of the guys talk Suchin is on there um, with another guest of ours and we're talking about their opinions on dating so make sure to check it out as well um, if you want to follow Suchin and see what he's up to um, he is on all the social media as am such an ass um, because he's such an ass mm-hmm. um, I make he- an ass of myself everywhere Yes, he is. Don't expect insight in most places. <laughs> um, but he's really funny and ragingly inappropriate. So definitely yeah. fits with the theme of our whole podcast. But make sure you follow him and support. Um, and don't forget to check back in next week for another episode of the 30-Year-Old Virgin Podcast. <laughs>